This is episode number 385, Getting Over a Breakup You Didn't Want with Nicole. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Thank you for being here. So even if you aren't going through a breakup or haven't been through a breakup in a very long time, or maybe you are someone who's never been broken up with or divorced when you didn't want it, and if so, you got some good karma or something, because I feel like all of us have to go through that at least once. This episode is about a breakup, about actually a divorce that Nicole didn't want. And as usual, it's never just about that. So we dig deep into why often we choose things that we think are just the best choice in the world, but actually they're not. And it's so, so important when we're going through times of, of grief or loss and we tend to put on the rose-colored glasses and then we do the shoulda, coulda, whatas to be very, very honest with ourselves. So that'll make more sense after you listen to the episode. So as you're listening to this episode, consider, are you going through a change that you didn't want and you're having a hard time with it? Did you grow up struggling or was your family struggling, particularly your parents struggling in some way and you find yourself struggling in life? Are you afraid you've manifested the quote unquote bad things in your life? And finally, do you ever be someone that you're not in order to get love. So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Nicole. Before we dive in, I am thrilled to thank my new sponsor. You heard me talk about them last week if you listened, Sensate. I love this little device. Let me tell you about it. Sensate is an infrasound resonance device that when paired with the sessions in the companion app, it works towards reducing stress and improving well-being. So the way it works is It tones your vagus nerve and it helps release stress and anxiety. It works with this infrasonic sound waves that are synchronized with the soundscapes in the app. Long-term benefits of using the Sensate include stress resilience, improved heart rate variability, and better sleep quality. And I can speak to that. You know, I have definitely with sleep deprivation, my first year of motherhood, my nervous system has been through the ringer a bit and I've had a hard time sleeping even when my baby has been sleeping and just a hard time regulating and calming myself down because I think my cortisol is high. My adrenals are a little shot. I'm dealing with it. It'll all come back. I have faith in that. And it, as it's coming back, I have just fallen in love with this device. It's such an easy way to drop into a meditation and have the benefits of working on the vagus nerve. There's a lot of ways you can work on the vagus nerve by making sounds or tapping or doing all this other stuff. But honestly, at the end of the day, it's so nice to lie down or sit in a recliner, put the Sensate on my chest, like right on that chest bone there, right where the vagus nerve sits and put on one of the the music tracks and just let the device do the work for me. (laughs) And I fall asleep. I fall asleep. And oftentimes when I wake up in the middle of the night and I go back, I can't go back to sleep, I'll put the Sensate on and it really helps me go back to sleep. So if you want to get your Sensate, go to getsensate.com, G-E-T, Sensate, 
S-E-N-S-A-T-E.com. Use promo code OVERIT in the checkout and get $30 off your Sensite. Again, that's getsensite.com, promo code OVERIT to get $30 off. All right, and now on to my conversation with Nicole. Nicole, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. Thank you so much for having me. I have been listening to your podcast and I feel like I have actually received a lot of coaching and uh, healing through this journey over the past three months. Mm. Um, My question is, or just a little bit of background, I first discovered your podcast when I got a shock of uh, divorce, unexpected Mm. divorce that my husband wanted to um, have. And he wanted to separate without any counseling, without any, Mm. yeah, any kind of, uh, in my eyes, attempt to save the marriage. And looking back, I just feel that he had been feeling like that for a long time. And it was just me who didn't understand. And I was, we were so in love. And I mean, it's just completely feels looking back um, that I was blinded and I could not see this coming and I was just in love and, and and he was being him who I still think is a really nice guy and he was very spiritually oriented and that is what our initial connection was. I think I that's when I discovered your podcast, but I feel that as much as I've healed through the process, I have this constant fear now or I feel like my life in my life I feel that I'm always fearful that something is going to go wrong and Mm. I hope that I can take steps now not in fear but in full faith of living the life fully and accepting it with grace but at the same time that unknown fear I feel like even in the marriage I had this very deep-seated fear because I was so happy. I'm like, what if this is all taken away? And I feel subconsciously, I even manifested my own divorce. Mm, mm. Well, okay. So tell me, I want to hear about that fear. Why do you think subconsciously you manifested your own divorce? So I think that when I got married, I felt like I was marrying somebody who was not just my checklist, but even double the checklist and way beyond than what I could have ever imagined. And I really appreciated being in it. And I was grateful. And I was in this feeling of surrender and thankfulness and gratefulness, everything that up until then I had not lived with. I had lived a life with a lot of fight and fire Mm -hmm. and uh, passion and um, struggle and competition. And I grew up in India. So it was very different growing up in India versus coming to United States uh, by myself and I was mm-hmm. a overachiever and I just felt that but once I married it was a completely different life I think he was a very kind man who could um, that settledness that came in but at the same time there were certain uh, fears that what if I'm who I am and this marriage is over so I felt this need to be who I'm not like to suppress my fire to be mm-hmm. someone who is more um, just sub- subdued and sweet always mm-hmm. <laughs> and not a real human and just mm-hmm. have a be good all the time. And I remember saying to him sometimes that I don't want to be at work in my house. Like I want to yeah. be me and I want to be loved for who I am. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so w- why did you want the marriage to continue? You know, I think I really enjoyed him as a person. I think we were, I loved that he was spiritually oriented and I felt that I just, I think he was so perfect. (laughs) He was so perfect, Um, but you couldn't be yourself around him. mm -hmm. Those two things don't Um, seem to go together. I felt like he, I wanted to have kids with him and I was seeing this whole picture completing that how amazing father he could be and how lucky I am to be in a place where everything just felt so settled and so at ease. Um, I felt like things were coming so easily to me. That's because I'm in a good state, but it apparently seems like I was fooled and I was, I don't know. I just feel that I was in my own dreamland, not realizing that this is all fake. Yeah. I think you were in your own dreamland. So what I'm curious about is what put you there? Because you said a couple things, like you lost your fire. It's it's interesting to hear you say, I lost my fire and I was suppressed, but he's this amazing person and we had this amazing <laughs> life and everything was perfect. Those two things don't seem to go together, do they? They don't, but I feel like a marriage mindset is something where you there's always compromise and there's Compromise, always- yes. Sacrifice is not healthy. Compromise is meeting in the middle. Sacrifice is disregarding parts of us because we want to please or keep or be something for the other person. And if you're suppressing your fire and your feistiness and part of who you are, and I understand sometimes that's reactive and we've got to keep that in check, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's just, you know, who we are. Even the way you responded to me with that question, right? You're like, well, I mm-hmm. thought marriage is that. Like you have fire in you. You didn't just go, oh yeah, mm-hmm. Christine, you're right. And that's mm-hmm. just part of who you are. Mm-hmm. And so again, what I'm curious about and a little confused about and digging into a bit is how you could both know you're suppressing a part of you and also think the marriage was great. Because I think on, on surface and on very, on a daily basis, like we were just together for two years and I think we were learning about each other. And every night when we would recap we were having a very spiritual union i Mm. think he was just unable to express exactly what he felt and he would he probably wasn't able to i i i think on in words we were able to really just be together and everything seemed right we were doing affirmations we would write down the right things we would say the right things but internally i think for him something was shifting and i felt I was just taking it for face value and just Mm -hmm. living because we were having fun in life. Like we were taking Mm -hmm. trips, meeting family, everything in my eyes were functioning. So why did he say he wanted a divorce? I think from what I can only make sense of is that he did not feel like our communication styles matched and that I had, um, that I was not able to, I was reactive and Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to control my emotions Mm -hmm. and well, there's some of that fire for him. And yeah. And he wanted somebody really, really sweet Mm. and who just does not, who like can talk and not, Mm. (laughs) 
um, fight. And is that you? Is that who you are? At your I, core? Think, I think that's not true because I feel like I fight for love. And if yeah. I felt something was not correct, I don't shy away from yep. talking it out. Yeah. And so, I would have never been able to live in a fake right fake feeling. Like if I don't say it, I feel I'm lying. Exactly. So I have to say it out. Exactly. And that's part of who you are. And so this is, I think, a huge, uh, will be a lifelong learning for you, is knowing you have that that fiery, gotta say it, not good to keep things inside kind of personality, which is part of your design. And you also have, we haven't gotten to your past and your wiring and all that, but there also is a level of reactivity that you need to be aware of and manage, not not suppressing your fire, but manage mm. the reactivity and the zero to 100 and, and how you communicate. But for you to, for someone to expect you to just have this sweet, totally put together, never have inflection in your voice, always have the perfect mm. sentences and paragraphs woven together to communicate, that's just not who you are. And so mm. what I'm curious about this, you know, guy who's sounds very stable, predictable, um, really good on paper in a lot of ways, fun, all that kind of stuff. You really did try to make yourself into what he wanted you to be. And so I'm curious, what was he rescuing you from? Why was he so appealing? I think somewhere down the line, growing up in, not in America, I had this feeling that I had to be better to mm-hmm. be able to live here. I think I've always looked up a better way of talking or better way of dressing up or a, or some I've had that kind of a complex, I would say, but not in a sense that it lowers my confidence, but I've always had this desire to learn and be better and have more. And I felt like that's what he was giving me. I could see a life that was much above my means and I felt so grateful for getting mm-hmm. all that in my life uh, without even wanting that so when i said that of course he met everything on my checklist including professionally personally but there was this whole aura that came with him and uh, uh having a family here and i just felt so much more stable that's where he was probably escaping me to giving me a life that i probably couldn't have imagined mm. Did you feel worthy of him? Sometimes I did not. And initially mm-hmm. I did not, but it was just like, I know that I was worthy for sure. I, I love myself. I know I was a great wife and I did everything to save my marriage. So I don't feel guilty that it didn't work out. I have that peace and the way I'm able to be okay in three months from it. It's, it's a, surprised to me because at one point I felt that what if this is over and I will like what what if but now I see myself I'm like I am so strong like it just feels amazing to be Mm. who I am and I love myself but I doubt every single step that what if this is all fake too what if my strength is fake what if I'm gonna just really again be something is coming to me that is gonna just take this strength away as well let's Let's not use the word fake because I don't think that's a good word to keep using. And Mm. I definitely don't think your marriage was fake. I think it was, we we often make decisions 
that we think are going to fix a problem, that's an inside job. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes like that your marriage would be what I'd call a journey mate relationship. So you come together for a short period of time, there's an expiration date and it just ends and often by surprise to at least one party. And mm-hmm. that journey mate is there to teach us something very valuable. Um, and I, I hear you that you worked a lot on self-love and I think there's still room to go in terms of self-worth and um, in terms of really, because there's a lot of self-doubt that I'm hearing basically. And when we have self-love really locked in and we have self-worth really locked in, we don't doubt ourselves because we trust that we're going to be able to discern and make the mm-hmm. most aligned decisions. So all this kind of what if and da 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 still reveals to me that there's an unsteadiness in your in your psyche and your subconscious that is a little unsure, a little uncertain um, of what you deserve, where you belong, your worth, what's going to happen next, all that kind of stuff. So to me. It seems like what this marriage and this this journey mate relationship is showing you is now that he's not your, you know, in your life, how do you create all those things that he gave you? Because he said, oh, I feel so grateful. Um, like yeah. someone, I don't know, saved your cat from a tree or something. Like it, that's when you have gratitude. You don't, it's grateful that it was great to have gratitude for the people in our life, but you said it in a way of like, oh, like, I'm so grateful this man came and gave me this better life. And that's not how you want to talk about your partner. You really want to feel like you're a match. We can, so again, like we can be grateful, but we not from a, like, I don't even know how I deserve this type of place. I think I understand. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, you're right. It's a perspective shift. Yeah. So what are you seeing now with that perspective shift? I think I have to create that for myself or so I have, so I'm not depending on it on outside and I'm only in a relationship for where I'm not questioning my worth. Exactly. And where you don't have to be someone that you're not, you don't have to, um, dim your fire or, you know, be uh, judged for your emotional depth and breath. Mm. So what I'm curious about, and I, you did mention growing up in India, but more specifically, I'd love to know what your family life was like growing up. Um, I, I grew up in a middle-class family where my parents, you know, there's no obvious trauma, but I also remember that I feel like relationships, like parents, is just there and this unconditional. Like there's no expect. There's just this. They're just there, and that's who they are. Um, they were not the most articulate or being there, but I know they tried their best, and I have no regrets other than just wanting more experiences in life and. Grow up, growing up with more um, knowing a better way to live. Everybody's struggling. I feel like everybody just lived with struggle. Yeah. And I continue to feel that way that life is a struggle. So 
growing up, did you ever daydream about having a different life? No, I don't think I had a dream. Mm. <laughs> I was just, just be, I don't think there were dreams. Okay. So you were content. I you were never thinking, oh, it would be so much better if our family had more money or if we lived here or if things were different. No, mm. no, I never felt that way. I think it was just like we were children and parents are parents and you, it's very unconscious, I would say. You just grow up and one day when you grow up, you're like, oh, wow, you can make your own decisions. You, mm -hmm. Life is your oyster. So I feel yeah. like it's a very delayed learning or yeah. delayed growing up. Yeah. But you do remember struggling. And mm -hmm. so my hunch is that there's a little girl in there who just wanted to not the struggle not to be there just wanted life to be a little bit easier and as much as you say oh we're just kids and parents are parents and kids are kids we're so much more than that and we are aware of what's going on around us and we are making judgments and forming beliefs and having emotions that lock it in that create our wiring so like you said even though there wasn't any you know, big trauma, you remember struggling a lot of the time. I think I, now that you say it, I do feel like, yes, there were desires that what if mm -hmm. we just didn't have to save every penny or right. we didn't have to, um, yeah, we could be more free. Right. That is correct. Mm -hmm. So can you see how ex-husband was a little bit of that dream come true? Mm hmm yeah yeah and and i think you're right because i feel like i opposed every bit of it because i'm like it can't be that easy mm -hmm. and i felt very happy about struggling because it had this value and brought me where i was and i felt that if you're just given things you don't appreciate it enough and 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 that was something he, he came from a completely different mindset. He was very, he grew up in an abundance mindset and his upbringing was completely opposite of me in this term. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to ask you, why do you think you drew this marriage in? Cause you talked about, Oh, manifested divorce. Mm, it's not about that. It's you drew in an experience to help you heal something and get a pretty significant learning. So do you have a sense of what that could be? It comes to me that, you know, I feel like my learning comes that I have to make myself happy instead of looking at it from an outside person, like be that happiness and bring that joy from within. And stability and 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 free of the struggle and part of what you know it's that's easier said than done right make myself happy and create my own stability part of what i think your healing work is is just to acknowledge and deal with some of the pain of as a kid always feeling the struggle because yeah. it's hard for children to know their parents are struggling in any way, financially, health-wise, relationship-wise, whatever, because kids take that on. They, they feel it. They feel it in the house. They feel it in the marriage. And we end up carrying the struggle into our adult life. So I think that there is some work to do with your younger self, your little girl, 
just around how hard it was to feel that struggle. And I know it wasn't all the time. And I know you felt loved by your parents and all of that is amazing. Mm-hmm. And feeling that struggle is something that is going to make you really, really crave stability. And I think your ex-husband, as amazing as he may be, there is a part of you that put him on a bit of a pedestal because he could give you the thing that you never had as a child, which is freedom from the struggle. So yes, not looking to someone else for happiness, but I think more specifically freeing yourself from struggle versus looking for someone else to do it for you. Yeah. So what's coming up for you now? I feel like life would be even more struggle because you can't trust someone anymore. Or I feel that when I went in with full love and full heart and full openness, it wasn't true. Well, well, hold on. I hear you. And I just want to kind of pull you out a little bit and give you some altitude. You didn't go in fully open because you'd said you hid parts of yourself and you suppressed parts of yourself and you often put on a little bit of a mask. So that isn't completely true. Also, if you look at it only as like this person left me, I'm never going to trust again. You're going to go into victim and you're going to have a hard time trusting. But if you can really look at this with some spiritual altitude and go, this was a journeymate relationship to teach me something. I know it's hard. I've been through a divorce. It's gut-wrenching. And there's a lot of heartbreak in there. And I'm not minimizing all that. And you'll have to grieve that. But what I want to keep you away from is going into, I can never trust again. I gave myself everything. Because neither one of those things are true. Mm. neither one of those things Mm -hmm. are completely true. And what's really important in times of heartbreak is that we remember the truth. Otherwise Mm. we do spin out into victim. And then we do attract Mm -hmm. more of the same experience because we didn't get the lesson. So Mm -hmm. if you can pull yourself out of this and really get the lesson, you don't have to go through this experience again. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? And please know I have so much compassion for the emotion and what you're going through. I just wouldn't be doing my job if I, you know, I see you walking towards the victim path and I want to just go, (laughs) nope, let's turn left instead. No, I appreciate that. Can you bring me back on the learning and lesson part? Because as much as I want to, I feel like I'm I feel like, oh, I know it, but I don't want to rush through it. I really want to learn it. Yes, and you are. You are. So I'd recommend this is a beautiful time to have a counselor or have a coach, have someone you work with, because that's how we keep ourselves from, you know, mm-hmm. going down the the not so great path. Mm-hmm. And to, yes, heal the grief of the divorce, but also the grief around having a childhood that was burdened. When we are children, when we feel the struggle, there's a burden that we carry. Children that grow up in a home where they just know their parents have it, there's not a, you know, fear about money or the other shoe dropping or any of those things. 
it's a lot easier because they, they can just be kids. They don't have mm-hmm. to carry the burden of the struggle. And as best as your parents did, you couldn't just be a kid and just be carefree. Mm-hmm. And that's going to bring up some emotion. And your little girl inside is going to have some feelings about that. So I encourage you to work with that. You know, the great thing about any kind of loss, divorce in your case, is that it opens up all the feelings that are a thread back in time to the similar feeling. And so you want to really milk this experience for all it's worth, not just heal from the divorce, but really go, hmm, what is this triggering? What is this activating in me? What do I need to actually heal from my childhood, from my past, so that I can integrate the lessons and you know, hopefully not have a similar experience again? Does that make sense? That does. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you feel your next steps will be? I thought I did a lot of inner child work, but you gave me some more (laughs) and very specific ones to do. So I'm very happy about that. I want to do that. I also think your question that what was it that he was escaping me from? Yeah. um, was a very key question that I want to think about more and I worked with a psychologist and after a while I stopped because I felt it wasn't really helping me Mm -hmm. uh, go deep so I think working with a coach may be a better yeah approach yeah Um, yeah and then also being very cognizant of not going in the victim mode but actually just going in that learning zone and Mm -hmm. having this as a as a spiritual lesson and I attracted this to for a reason and not, I didn't attract a divorce. No, you did not. (laughs) But I attracted a lesson. (laughs) Exactly. A lesson for healing. Yeah. 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 And you drew it in pretty early in your life um, Mm -hmm. and you will get to the other side. And that was a beautiful recap and beautiful commitment. So I'm not concerned about you at all. You've got this. Thank you, Christine. Your podcast has actually helped me. So when I submitted the request, I was in a very bad state. Mm. <laughs> but just by listening to your podcast, and I think it, it was so healing, and I'm in such a better place in a month, and I owe it to your podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. So thank you, Nicole, for your vulnerability and for being so coachable as well. I'm always so grateful when the callers are just really open-minded and coachable, which most people are. And that's a huge indication that change will happen because if we're coachable and we're open and we're receptive and we're not a stand for our limitations or our old story or the way we wish it wasn't, it's, it's amazing to me in my career how often I've seen people really fight for what they don't want. It's like, no, I really am this messed up. Like, well, I don't think that you are. No, I really am this broken. Uh, I don't think so. No, the relationship really was amazing. Mm, Doesn't sound like it. So be careful what you fight for. And I'm glad at the end, Nicole, stop fighting for the marriage that I don't think was as good as she thought it was. And what we uncovered is that she grew up with that feeling of struggle. And when when we grow up with that feeling of struggle, we can't really just be a kid can't really just relax. And so we're looking for relief. And this ex-husband of hers came along and offered her that. Obviously he didn't walk up and say, hello, my name is whatever his name was. And 
and still is, and I'm going to offer you stability. But his life, his lifestyle, who he was, how he presented, all of that, it gave her the feeling of stability. And the little girl inside is like, oh, now we can relax. But truth is she couldn't fully relax because because it mattered so much to her, because she wanted the stability so much, she had to go into masking. She had to go into who do I need to be in order to make this person love me? Because the stability of it felt so good to her. And we have to be careful of that. We have to be careful of when something comes along that's the answer to our struggle that we don't go, oh my gosh, this is it. And I'll just like put this part of my personality aside or I'll just dim this part of my light or I'll just be this chameleon and become what this person needs me to be. And we don't want to do that. So I'm not sure exactly why her ex-husband asked for the divorce. I think there's even probably more reasons than Nicole shared and we didn't have time to really get into it. But it sounds to me like there was a level of intimacy he was avoiding as well. Because if we want someone to never be reactive, it's like, hmm. Do we want to just be able to control people? Because sometimes human beings are reactive and we can't be sweet all the time. And if we have that expectation of someone, then we may be wanting to control them. So Nicole, I hope you're listening. You picked up that part because I think getting someone off a pedestal is important too. Not throwing them under the bus, not making any accusations, but just being a little curious about that one. So some takeaways for you listeners is really to think about who you're looking to rescue you or what you're looking to rescue you. Cause you know, this, you're all very advanced. The answers are never outside of ourselves. They're, they always come from within. And whenever we're looking for someone or something to fill a void, that's a ding, ding, ding alarm bell that there's a void we need to fill inside ourselves. No one else can ever do it for us. People can help us heal. People can be amazing sources of support, but no one can save us from ourselves and from some of our deepest wounds. Again, people can hold us through it. People can be amazing, amazing, amazing support systems and helpers. But we, if we're always looking to someone else to fill a void, to save us, to help us end the struggle, then we never really embody the knowing that we can fill that void or deal with that struggle ourselves. And it's a super empowering thing to know we can do that, to know we're not relying on someone else for love or for stability or for safety or for fill in the blank. So I want you to not just think, okay, well, I have to find it myself and the answers aren't on the outside. I want it to matter more and land more for you. I want you to go, no, I want the experience of embodying my deepest desires myself versus going out and hiring someone else for me to do it for me. I want that experience. I want to feel empowered and get excited about that instead of, oh God, I got to do the work inside, more work to do. How much more work do I have to do? That's not very motivating or inspiring. But if you can really go, I am so excited about really embodying what I've always learned, yearned for so that I can feel empowered and I know Whatever it is I desire, I can generate it inside myself. That's a very powerful place to be. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. 
That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehassler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.